Welcome to the Living with Heart podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd. Hello, Dr. Chip Dodd. Hey, Brian Barley. Good to see you. Dr. Brian Barley, good to see you. <laughs> I need to find some way to get an illegitimate honorary doctorate well, so I can do have doctor before You do happen to have a name. master's of divinity, I do. which is the doctorate sort of, right? Yeah. Well, anybody who's gotten a demon or particularly a PhD in that world would right. strongly disagree with what you just said. Okay. It's a lot yeah. of hours. I mean, it's 90 postgraduate hours. It's yeah. a lot of hours. Yeah, and I think I, maybe my PhD program was... But, you know, we forget, you know, because we did it, so we tend to minimize, well, I did it, so therefore it can't be that great. Right. We forget that there's... It's a lot of work. A lot of work. It's a lot of work. And a lot of, lot of work. Yeah. Learning Greek and Hebrew and all that stuff. I mean, it's a a heavy lift. Yeah. Um, I'm very grateful for it. But, you know, isn't that something that that our, our educations can, you know, give us a label but they don't give us integrity. Hmm. You know, like, what does that mean? Like, just, you, know, they, they, you know, where you go to college and stuff, does it stamp you with who you really are? Right. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm a graduate of Middle Tennessee State University in terms of undergraduate, and that's not considered one of the greatest institutions. That's right. not, you know, I don't wear the alumni ring. Right. But if I went to Harvard or Yale, I'd have an H or Y on my finger, or, you know what I'm <laughs> right. saying, or P for Princeton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, not for Paducah College, you right. know, kind of thing. But that doesn't express who you are, your character, what God's called you to, or your integrity. Right. Integrity is like who you are all the time at 1 a.m. kind of thing yeah. versus 1 p.m. And we're a bit of a, I'm, I'm going to, because we're on a bit of a time crunch, I will say this and then we'll move on to what we're talking about. But we are in a bit of a cultural moment that is revealing uh, that the, level of prestige of the institution does not equate uh, the integrity of the institution. It's showing, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? I mean, there's a lot of people in who many, are... many, many places. Right. This isn't conservative, liberal, libertarian, whatever. It's like exposure uh, that is, as, it, it really in some ways is as powerful as what was happening in the sixties. Right. Uh, it doesn't mean necessarily that the results will all be good. No, but it it does mean that there's opportunity for the truth right. to be seen, spoken, and dealt with. Right, you know, I'm, I'm a call in, to integrity. I'm in call. I'm in relationship with many, yes, n- many, several people who yeah. are graduates of Harvard, uh, who are not liking what has happened recently has done to yeah. the uh, trustworthiness of the institution that they did a lot of work to yeah. come from. Yeah, so and here's tragically that that's true in the most elite. Uh, educational institutions in the world, but it's also true in the smallest country towns in terms of there's a group that... Um, there's always an inner circle. There's an inner circle. C.S. Lewis talks about that. Have you ever about heard keeping him? power and control. Yeah. yeah. Has, have you ever heard C.S. Lewis talk about that? He's like... No. I read, remember the, the one of his uh, novels was Pla- uh, Pleiades or... Paralandra? Yes. Yeah, the science fiction. Great. But yeah, that, part of his trilogy. He was talked about that sort of thing in that one too. Yeah, I can't remember which... It might have been one of his letters, but he talks about the power of the inner ring and he talks about every room you get into, you know, you walk in and you're like, oh, I want to be included. And then you get included and then you just realize there's another ring. There's another circle within the circle. It never ends. It never ends. And do you know what's amazing is that finally, if you get into the inner, inner circle, you're alone. 
Bingo. And then you're miserable. Devil's trick. Yep. Wow. You know, my youngest son said to me that he, he taught me this just last week. He was talking about someone who is societally considered to be very, very ethical. And I also know the person, and he is ethical. He said, Dad, being ethical doesn't mean you have integrity. Mm. You can be very ethical and not have integrity. Yeah. And he was telling me a story, too, that he was at a, a – this has to do with what we're talking about today, too, by the way, as soon as we intro it. But he was at a lunch with two new uh, other career people, uh, and they started talking badly about someone who had been publicly disgraced. And he stopped them, even though he needed them for his own career purposes. He stopped them as they started talking. He said, if you're going to talk badly about him, don't do it in front of me. Because he's a friend of mine. Wow. And I'm, I, and I'm thinking, you just threatened your career. You just, in some ways, gave up a sort of a rung on the ladder of your career. And then an yeah. intro to another circle. You broke circle. the rules. Broke the rules. I mean, prior conversation you're for, risking yep, to be for out. the sake of relational integrity personal and the other mm. isn't that cool wow but uh i just i so he when he said that ethics don't necessarily mean integrity he was speaking out of what he had already shown wow. it was pretty cool i respect him a lot so kind of well, want to be like him <laughs> <laughs> i want to be like both my sons <laughs> uh, uh the reason I'm moving us along when normally we're like, we take all the time. You have a session in 30 minutes and we don't really do anything in 30, well, 35, 30, minutes, 35 minutes. We're gonna go, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's go. So what we're talking about is, uh, okay. So we're in the middle of this conversation about the way that we were made and that we were made to be needy. We just yeah. finished two parts talking about the need to belong and matter. Now we're going to begin. This is probably gonna be more than one part because we only have, 35 minutes, yeah. 34 minutes now. Yeah. Uh, the uh, need to feel, the yes. need to feel, the need to have feelings. I mean, that's sort of the sweet spot of what you talk mm-hmm. about the most frequently. Yeah. You're kind of like a, a review to, because as we g- go more and more and more into all the needs, it, 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 it's it's all interconnected. It's, it's, it's hard to tease it all apart. We can do it mentally, but we have to live it uh, in terms of experientially. Yeah. I mean, the need to feel. Inborn, fact of life, and we will kill, steal, destroy to avoid it. Right. I mean, feelings are our freedom. Right. Initiative. Right. They're not freedom itself, but fe- feelings take us to need. So I thought it'd be a good idea to touch base on what yeah. these things are because they're going to take us to what we got to do. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I think it's easy for me because I've, well, one, I was, I was going to say it's easy for me because I've heard you give the same talk regularly to take uh, for granted that other people have not heard that talk. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm catching myself a little bit is I feel like you never give the same talk. And mm, uh, every time you do it, something fresh, or I've never heard this before, yeah. or a lot of times you've never said it before. Mm-hmm. Um, even doing this training uh, that we were part of recently, we were just walked through the feelings. It was like, you just can't take this for granted. And, uh, you know, this is the intersection of the way that somebody was made and the frequency to which people deny the way they were made. Mm-hmm. I mean, the frequency to which, you know, I, I will work with somebody and they will begin from a place of, I mean, usually the language they'll use is I'm not very emotional. Now what that means is what they, what they are saying is usually I don't, 
cry or maybe they're like, I haven't cried because they equate what emotional means is be crying, you know, and I'm always trying to catch them to say, Hey, that's a little bit saying like, you're not physical. Like you, you, you were designed to have a body. Mm -hmm. The it's, it's inevitable that you have a body. The question is not here. Right. Yeah. The, the question is, you know, am I physically healthy or am I physically unhealthy? It's the same way in terms of being emotional. There is uh, an inevitability to the reality that you are a feeling being, and the question is not, are you emotional? It's, are yeah. you emotionally healthy or unhealthy? And that's so cool, because that, that takes us off in a direction I wasn't even thinking about. <laughs> you weren't either. So well, we like can do like seven parts it, about the but, need to feel, but, but go yeah, ahead. Like, we're, we're all, you said it, your physical body, you also have an emotional body, a, a feeling yeah. body, that you and I are 99.9% identical and 99.9% like created the same way. DNA is not something that you can escape. And the DNA of the human being that we're created to seek a certain kind of nutrition so that we can have a certain kind of fruit bearing. I mean, everything that has DNA is seeking one thing and it's seeking the fullest expression of its survival and thriving. Yeah, nourishment, right? Wholeness. Yeah. Uh, Slugs, people, porpoises, pecan trees. I mean... Yeah, like a plant is going to... Reach. Reach for sun, even Mm -hmm. in terms of the way that it'll grow. Yep. Right? I mean, like the physical composure of the plant. Seeds come out of the ground. It's like, it's not just chasing the heat. They know to come up. And a plant can't will itself to say, actually, I prefer cheeseburgers. Yes. Right. Yes. It's it's part of its fundamental design yes. to say, yes. no, and, the nourishment is and one And we're made thing. to connect, to find fulfillment. Yeah. I mean, that's us. And the connection we're made to make is relational. Relationship with myself to go live fully. Relationship with others that I can't live fully without. And relationship with God that I cannot have the life I'm created to have without that connection to who he is, what he's like, and what he wants to do desires for us what he wants for us uh which is good and so it turns out that we have an emotional and spiritual dna it's not just physical it's like we're just like uh plants and 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 lower light lower scaled mammals and reptiles we're a certain dna specifically specifically designed to specifically live a certain way for fullness and it turns out that the emotional DNA of the human being, we are feeling creatures who need, who desire, who long, and who hope. And that means that we are psycholo- psychological, biological, spiritual, and we carry around this thing in us that everything that has life, and we're the most conscious life on earth, is hope. Mm. I mean, we have hope. It's like one of the things I call it, it's, it's the birthmark of being human and the birthplace of being human. Yeah. You're marked. Right. DNA coding. Yeah. So we're emotional, spiritual creatures. And it turns out that the emotions are their feelings. And, it, and, and there's a design to life. I mean, we three primary colors, certain number of musical notes, um, oxygen carbon you know all of these beautiful designs the gravitational pull and you know everything like that what turns out that we have eight feelings um we have a certain number of bones in the body certain number of organs and when they're out of whack we go "Mm, something's not normal so normal is feelings Mm. and we've been given eight feelings 
that open us up to needs. Mm. But it turns out that feelings mean pain. And the way we're sort of like um, formed is beautiful. Um, I don't want to get off into this, but the Edenic brain will leave behind. But but the, we're seeking pleasure and avoiding pain. And it turns out that without dealing with pain, you're never going to have the pleasure you're made to have, which is called delayed gratification. So we've been given eight feelings, and it looks like seven of them are negative. We've got sadness, hurt, loneliness, fear, anger, guilt, healthy shame, and then gladness. So I just named seven that sound bad and only one that sounds good. Well, we're in pursuit of the good, the gladness. But the other seven take us towards it because we, we've been given the gift of feeling because we live in a tragic place where if you don't do feelings, you can't do living. Mm-hmm. You can't be emotionally present, as you talked about. If you can't be emotionally present, you're really never physically present. Even when you and I are sitting in here, while you and I are talking, I'm looking at you, you're looking at me, and then when we're really no longer focused on like, and we okay? We connect? We good? Right. We forget that we're looking at each other and we're focused on the thing right. that we're working on together. Like the shift from testing to safety. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. So we've been given fear that allows us to recognize danger and seek help. We've been given sadness that allows us to attach to what matters, what we care about, and also lets us deal with the loss because life is full of change. We've been given hurt that calls us to seek healing in our wounds. And hurt is a painful. It makes us grab our ribs and drop our swords and shields and seek help. Uh, you, can't, you can't carry on fully unless you get healing from hurt. And healing makes us wiser and courageous. We've been given loneliness as a testimony that we're relationally created to be in relationship with ourselves. We get loneliness to spend time with ourselves, solitude loneliness for others and there's certain people that were made to 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 touch with us be connected in ways that are more than others lonely for god lonely to create uh so we're lonely to have impact so in loneliness brings us to friendship and intimacy we've been given um uh what's another one anger and anger is a a, a very vulnerable feeling because it exposes what we care about like, I care about this podcast, and I'm willing to be embarrassed over it. I'm willing to get hurt over it. I'm willing to even be told I'm off base or whatever because I know the benefit of what can happen if people wake up to how we're created. Mm. Stop hiding from it and use it to connect with it. So anger is a feeling that allows us to hope and wish and want and desire and long and yearn. The gift of anger is passion a willingness to be in pain for something that matters more than pain. Every parent has to have passion to stay connected yeah. to the child, children. Because children, man, you sign a contract. To not just of, disappear into the mountains. Oh, man, right. you sign a contract of pain as soon as you have children. Right. Then there's healthy shame, which is the, the dependency feeling. Healthy shame is the recognition like, look, man, I need you. You need me. I make mistakes. So do you. I don't have all the answers, but I've got some. Let's share I'm not God. You aren't either. So let's face that we're in need of God and act justly, love mercy and walk humbly with God. There's guilt 
that lets us recognize and healthy shame is humility, which is I made out of dirt and so are you. Turns out it's stardust. Mm -hmm. Guilt is, oh, I did something that goes against my value system. And I know that you and I are made out of the same stuff. So when I do it to you, I'm doing it to me. And when I do it to me, I'm doing it to you. And then gladness is an outcome of being good at the other seven feelings. When we don't live how we're created, we can't need authentically. We can't desire accurately. We can't stay in the longings because they mean pain. And we cannot dare to do the most dangerous thing of all, which is keep hoping mm. in the midst of a tragic place. Mm. So, I mean, I, I say all of that because when we run from our feelings, we start to move into impairment. And feelings are launching pads for energy in motion, emotion. Mm -hmm. So they take us towards the good or they take us towards the impoverishment. I didn't say bad. Right. I said impoverishment. And the impoverished life is a life of a person did not have the willingness to have heart to live in it. So we don't learn. So feelings are an imperative <clears throat> that we have to face to be in need well. Right. Because I think you have to, so to go back to what I said on the front end of, you know, somebody might self-describe themselves as being, oh, I'm not particularly emotional. And consequently, oh, I don't struggle with loneliness. You know, one of our burdens, one of the things, you know, you and I are angry for is mm -hmm. to help people wake up to the reality of just in the same way <clears throat> yeah. that you can't say you don't have a body. You do have a body. It's just, are you physically healthy? Are you not healthy? Yeah. You are going to be emotional. That's part of your design. It's inescapable. Mm -hmm. You're either going to be emotionally healthy or not uh, yep. emotionally unhealthy. And then you're going to have these particular emotions manifest themselves either in healthy and unhealthy ways. You don't get to like turn off loneliness, for no. example. It's either going to be expressed in a healthy way or yeah. it's going to come out sideways yep. in a mutated expression where you know a lot of times what you're trying to do and you don't even realize you're doing it is you are trying to go you know, like loneliness. Let's dive into loneliness. I like diving into okay. that one. Um, does that work for you? You want to yeah, talk about loneliness? Yeah, that's okay. great. But it's like like loneliness, for example, we can pretend we're not lonely, but really the reality is, is we're trying to get the gift of loneliness, which is healthy intimacy, while going around the giver of our design of God, yeah. right? Which is at the root of idolatry in yeah. a lot of ways. I want to get the gifts of God without yeah. God himself. Avoiding, avoiding, needing, yeah. avoiding neediness. And avoiding him too. I think oh, that's yeah. really important is saying. Yes. Avoiding and, neediness, mm -hmm. but also intimacy with God. Yep. So like to pretend like I'm not, I'm going to turn off loneliness is a denial of reality. Well, it's, uh, it, it's the, the definition of turning off loneliness is insanity, hmm. uh, which we call crazy. And insanity means no longer whole. Mm. It means you've broken yourself into minimized parts. So loneliness is a, a, a gift that we've been given that speaks to the unavoidable truth of how we're made. Right. To seek connection. Right. And loneliness humbles people. us. And even. And, and nothing's enough. Nothing's enough without God. Right. And God has shaped us so that while having him, we also face, this is going to sound weird at first, God wants us to have more, mm. more expression, right. more fulfillment than 
uh, sounds weird, just him. You're not created to be alone. Right. It's not, get, I mean, like who Adam's I am with you and go out and do something. Right. Adam is a good example of like yeah. Adam had the most perfect relationship yeah. with God and God yeah. himself is saying, um, it's not like th- this dynamic is not good. It's not good enough. It's good not, for you to yeah, be alone. It's not, it's not good. Hey, by yeah. the way, uh, uh, there's an old friend of mine. I remember, uh, this is how, how much feelings matter and how scary they are too. That, and we need to touch base on like what's what are the, the what are the two things we're running from? It's it's kind of like crazy. This insanity leads to running from a cricket, running from a mouse. Hmm. Although what does that mean? Well, I mean you're running from something that's not going to destroy you, hmm. unless you're in an environment in which it's so dangerous to say it, you will be destroyed. Hmm. But see, once you're conditioned with that trauma, feelings are something you just stay away from. I remember this this uh, long time ago. This quarterback I really loved was playing for the national championship. This quarterback, he's just such a great character, great, great competitor, great athlete. He just, he lived in um, what it means to be on a team and win. Can you say who it is? Oh, it was Tim Tebow. Oh, okay. Okay. Huh. Played for University of Florida. Right. And they lost the national championship, and he was on the sidelines on a knee. He was crying. I mean, he was like crying hard. And this guy said to me, what a loser. Like, what a baby. He's crying. And I'm thinking, he cares. Mm. He's all in it. He intended this to be this moment when they all received together, after all the hard work they did, the triumph of, of that moment. Mm. It was bigger than the trophy. It was about love for each other, all those things. And I remember thinking, ooh, like, I'd be crying. I would yeah. hope I'd be crying. Yeah. And, but see, we let those people have control of us because of the experiences of mockery and toxic shame that we've experienced by mm. telling the truth about how we're made. Mm. And so those people's power, their ability to hide from themselves becomes our demand to hide from ourselves. Mm. And then we are officially going against what God called us or made us mm. to be like. But it, 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 he says it's not good for you to be alone. And turns out that when I run from me, he's obviously running from him. We're both alone with each other. Yeah. And so hurt people who don't take ownership of their hurt, hurt people. Mm. Scared people who won't take ownership of their fear become anxious and they scare people. Sad people who won't take ownership of their sadness, they slip into self-pity which is like the world's not fair and I'm not going to live in it. And so I can't connect with them because they won't show up in life. So I'm sad. So you get to get how it works. When I deny my feelings, then somebody else is going to have to carry my feelings for me. Right. So either we deal with our feelings or we get sick. And this is what I think is so funny. Either I'm going to get sick or you're going to get sick of me Mm. because you can't be with me and you got to leave. Right. Or we're both going to get sick. Yeah. I mean, that's how that's how big a deal feelings are. If you don't do them, they're going to do you. Right. And even as, you know, to connect this to a dive into loneliness, you know, you literally mean sickness. I mean, like actual literal sickness, right? I mean, I mean affects us physically. Right. Mentally. Attitude has a great deal to do with what the body does. Right. And you know what? When you exercise your body, 
you go out and do working out, which I, I highly recommend uh, end-of-the-day workouts because you rejuvenate and replenish yourself so that you can go home and attend to what's there. Mm. In other words, you get two days in one. We can talk about that some other time. But, but, but when you exercise, it releases chemical impact from the muscles into the emotional, spiritual being. Mm. You get hope molecules injected. <laughs> And your hope beats what the body can do for you, and you are able, yeah. more capable. So the physical affects the emotional, but the hope drives us to be physical, to, to connect with ourselves, right. others, and God kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I mean, and I think as we think about loneliness and actual sickness, here's what I'm processing is, okay. So the Lon goal, loneliness, so, loneliness kills. So Right. So the gift mm -hmm. of loneliness is... For me to wake up to the reality that I was designed for relationship and mm -hmm. I need other people and even lead me into like some really scary conversations to say, you know, I mean, stuff we've talked about before. Am I that guy? Do you like me? Do yes. you want to hang out? Do you want to get together? As I'm talking about this, I'm thinking about uh, a friend that I met through Champions Path that we did together. We get mm -hmm. lunch together every other week, but we never schedule it. We, there's not because of the nature of our schedules. Mm -hmm. We can't be like, hey, it's every Tuesday at this time. We have, to, we have to reset it after every time. Every single time, I'm like, am I that guy that's presuming that we're going to yeah. get together forever? Yeah. And I got to have a conversation. I mean, I mean, it does scare me. And it's funny. We've, we've even talked about this dynamic. That's the depth of our relationship. Yes. Where he's like, man, I feel the exact same is my, way. Is my neediness showing? Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. It would be a lot less pressure if it was like, hey, we get together every other Tuesday. But every single time, we have to re-ask, do you want to get together again? Mm -hmm. So loneliness leads us into having those conversations. And what, what and, would make you have that question? Same question. I get this. Right. But what makes you have that question when this guy has clearly shown you? Right. He has the same thing, and he needs the same things, and he wants to be with you. Right. What would Why lead you to wonder? <laughs> right. That's that's an episode for uh, a time where we've got. Well, I think forever. what leads us to wonder is experience. Right. Having, yeah. Having been rendered past, lonely past by being hurt, we mm -hmm. see like man, everywhere. humiliation. Here can it comes. Be very powerful. Here it comes again. Absolutely. Here. Oh gosh. Here it comes again. Yeah. I mean, it's something I've learned from you that. Uh, past traumatic experiences becomes the lens through which we see uh -huh. the present and the future yeah. a lot of times. And that's the back that need to belong and matter. Right. Uh, if I, if I expose uh, wanting, needing, wishing, hoping, uh, uh, craving, uh, letting things matter to me, I'm putting myself at risk of not belonging and mattering with those people mm -hmm. who won't feel right. They're very powerful. I want, yeah. I want everybody out there to hear very powerful. people who don't feel are very powerful and they have a higher tolerance. I mean, that's a big thing too. High tolerance for what? Just, I mean, in some ways it's counterintuitive, but like the pain of life and being in, I mean, that, I, know I, I know you, I'm not being precise in the language yeah. I'm saying, yeah. I, I'm not sure really even what it is I'm saying, yeah. but like they have no, a higher no, tolerance of like right there. Cause you're right like, on. Oh, they can keep existing, yep. and you're like, "Oh, this hurts." Yep. See, I, I, they have a higher tolerance, which means that those people are addicted to something. Because they can go longer. Well, they they, yeah. they are addicted. I'm, I'm, they're right. addicted to control. They're addicted to force. They're addicted to their own, believe it or not, their own terror. 
of what feelings will cost them. But guys like me and you, you know, honestly, uh, I'll, when guys would come to treatment, and let's say they're already 54, 55 years old, it's never too late. I would sit down with them and say, look, I got to admit, you're, you're, you know, you're a doctor and you're whatever, and like, I know you're smart. I mean, and you went to Johns Hopkins, so like sure. they don't let in, you know, you know, just anybody. You're tough as nails because you've lasted this long as sick as you are, and you still carried on, and you don't have a malpractice suit yet. And you're moral, at least because you hid what you were doing. I mean, because you knew that if people knew, they would do something about it. And also, you did want good. You pursued good. And so I'm like, here's the facts. You're stronger than I am. Because mm. I broke. Yeah. I honestly did. I yeah, was that's th what I'm getting at. Yes. It's like, whatever that is. I couldn't take it anymore. Right. I was 29 years old and said, I can't do this anymore. Right. I can't. I can't. And I, and I reached out for help. And I became what, what was I thought of that guy. Yeah. Uh, the failure. Mm. And it turns like I failed into becoming human. Mm. I admitted I am made for more than what I'm doing, mm. what I'm getting, and this isn't working. Mm. And it wasn't like a revelation. It was just the loss overcame me. Mm. The loneliness mm. that I didn't know the name of, Brian. didn't know the mm. name. Mm. So I had to become willing to be that guy to not be that guy. You're right. So these, these people do have a tremendous tolerance. Right. To do anything they've got to do to not feel. And right. that means anybody got to step on it's like you don't. It's like you don't admire uh, a wild animal that's feral, but you wouldn't want to get, you wouldn't want to fight it. You know, it's tougher than you. Right. Hey, you know, th th that's so brilliant. Evolutionary biologists have now recognized and remember evolutionary biologists are not all into emotional and spiritual beings mm -hmm. they're into like naturalist functions mm. biochemistry chemistry you know what i'm yeah. saying instincts and so on um but they say that evolution requires for thriving having the survival of the fittest agenda yeah but they say that survival of the fittest in mammal herds, for thriving sake, occurs through the leadership of the herd being gentle. Hmm. It's not most threatening, feral. Hmm. It's most gentle. Hmm. Because uh, mammals only thrive by being connected together. Hmm. And so what a tragedy that mammals, because of their lack of consciousness and following sort of like just simply they can't escape creation... Yeah. That we, as human beings, carry the illusion, the insanity, that we can remove ourselves from the herd of being mm. connected and somehow be okay. Mm. So we end up end up accidentally respecting superheroes who aren't human right. instead of respecting the humans who are great at being human. Wow. We're the gentle ones, so to speak. Yeah. And gentle means able to be leaned against. Mm. You can trust me. Yeah. Because I, I know I am made out of the same thing you are. Right. So yeah. we don't have to be as lonely. And even when you think about, you know, denial of loneliness and sickness, I mean, where my brain immediately goes is like we just went through a very bizarre cultural global wide experiment on that. That was the test case to prove that, like, it's not OK for people to be alone. Yeah. Right. Like. Mm -hmm. Out of the overflow of like, hey, culture is, you know, increasingly individualistic and we have these technological advancements that lets us, 
you know, stay at home and what is, you know, mm. not, you know, we're, we, we've got two minutes before you gotta go. Oh, we do. Call. Oh. Yeah. So we're, we gotta, no, this, we got five. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> two or five, which two for us yeah. means five. Uh, <laughs> you said it, two, I knew you meant five, <clears throat> but it's interesting to me because, you know, on the beginning of COVID lockdowns, I'm not trying to make this political. I'm just naming like the date, what the data is showing. Yeah. There was sort of, I mean, there was initially, I know it's easy to forget this, but there was on the whole sort of a cultural wide, almost optimism. And this is going to be great. And we can like stay home and we can finally watch the Netflix series. We've always been meaning to watch and we get to be, you know, and it's like, we've got zoom. And so what's really the difference between talking on zoom versus, and then, I mean, particularly in a culturally divided moment where nobody can really agree about anything. There was there, there, there was a, pretty significant agreement of we don't like this. Now the, the, the solutions were different, but mm-hmm. we don't like this. Now what's more important, I think pertinent to what you're saying is the data showing we're not okay with this is the skyrocketing rates of anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation and addiction that came an addiction which is all forms of those things you mentioned all that came on the other side of yep. we will be fine being alone yeah is i think uh the data that is the affirmation that when you say to deny the reality of the way that we were made will make us sick mm-hmm. is bizarrely and tragically we kind of had this big cultural wide test is that true or not yes man you know as, as even as as we close i mean we, we did global we'll come back to specific we did you know pandemic is still as personal mm. and uh what's amazing is that we enjoyed the break from performing hmm. because we're so sick with performance being our way of being valuable because performing allows me to escape feelings. And even as we close, we're made to do both. Yeah. So we got to temporarily escape from the burden of the pressure of having to perform all the time because we're stuck in laboring. Because we don't realize that we get to do what we get to do. Hmm. And most people are living to have to do what they've got to do and would love, they fantasize about an escape from their own lives. Well, COVID except for the tragedies. I mean, there's, there are hundreds of thousands, mm-hmm. millions of tragic ends. But a lot of people used it to escape having to feel mm-hmm. and having to, do, to spend all their energy hiding from their feelings while they're performing. Yeah. The ultimate life is being fully present and fully performing with your full presence, mm-hmm. which is getting to truly work. True work means bringing your hands, your head, and your heart to what you're doing. And I remember that, well, we can end with that, but like your presence and performance is made to be together. And if your presence and performance is together, you and I don't mind going out into the work world because we get to do it. And if you're good at knowing how to connect with others, you can know how to rest too. So, Instead of isolating, escaping, you have times of solitude to right. be with yourself versus run from yourself. Yeah, you've built a life that you don't have to perpetually escape from. Yeah, and John Acuff does this whole thing. He, 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 uh, he talks about 
the only like COVID allowed us to start saying, I'm binging on Netflix. Mm. We started using addiction language as a positive, as positive things. Yeah. And that, you know, kept on and on and on. You need so, to go, you need to go to your session. Yeah. I'll land the plane here. We'll do more parts about feelings, yeah. but, but just the main thing today, when we'll, we'll move on to needs, more needs, but feelings require us to face also that feelings take us to needs. I'm not interested in people feeling for the sake of just having them. They're tools that move us towards the things we're made to have that God constructed, uh, created for us to live in. Right. Ultimately, is giving the gifts of who we are to a world in need of gifts. Yeah. So, and thank you, Brian. Thank you. Have a good session. Yeah, thank you. Talk to you later. Right, bye. Give up, give up, give up Give up, give up, give up your knife